that was not the purpose. Um, hey, if you have a, that is really weird. I should have thought of that earlier. Um, if you have a smartphone, you can follow along with uh, a lot of stuff that we're doing today. There's some links and some stuff on there. Um, and if you have the Uversion app or the Bible app, um, you can just go to the events and you can then uh, search for the Well Austin and you can see the stuff. Or if you don't have that app and you just want to type that link uh, into your browser, it will take you there. So there's a bunch of different things on there. We'll, we'll talk about or I'll show you some of the things I'm talking about today, and there are several links, which I'll talk about in just a minute, but that'll give you a good idea of what's going on. So I've been, the one of the things that I want to do, like there's a ton of stuff that I want to say, but I want to make sure that <laughs> we get out of here at a relatively decent time. So hopefully it'll be short and not long. But one of the things that, the people in Brazil, the relationships that I have, many of them wanted to find a way to be able to do something for you uh, and for the church, but they couldn't figure out exactly what to do or how to do that or what that would look like. And we didn't think of it until uh, the last Sunday of the last time when I was there. So we didn't get everybody, but there's a few people that wanted to just say thank you. So some of it will be in Portuguese and some of it will be in English, uh, and, but it's just to show you a few people saying thanks. And so I wanted to show you this. in God's kingdom work and in allowing Bob and Mark to come to us. Thank you. Obrigada. Muito obrigado. My name is Jody Kyle and I want to thank you um, for Pastor Bob, for accepting to share Pastor Bob with us. And thank you for the money that you have provided for us so you could come back and forth every time to visit our church and we're very happy to have as our pastor. God bless you. Eu quero dizer muito obrigado à igreja Will. Thanks, Thank you. Quero dizer muito obrigado à igreja Will. Quero dizer muito obrigado à igreja Will. Thanks. Thank you. Muito obrigado. Thank you. And uh, just want to say thanks to the well for um, allowing Pastor Bob to come to Sao Paulo. Thanks for your generosity. We really want to do appreciate Hope to meet you guys one day. Uh, continue to pray for us and pray for Bob and Martha. And we hope to see you soon. God bless you. Thank you very much. Bob is a wonderful person. I don't miss them so much. You'll be a great blessing to us. Thank you once again. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing Pastor Bobby with us. He's a blessing to us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for all your support. <laughs> Obrigado de coração pela parceria que nós temos com a nossa igreja. Uh, thank you my friend in the church in the well, okay? Uh, for the Bob, Pastor Bob, how the pastor in the church for helping some from the church. Thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Olá pessoal, agradeço muito a vocês por ter enviado o pastor Bob para nós. Deus abençoe muito cada um. Bye bye. Muito obrigado. Muito obrigado. I want to say thank you for the church well to live and provide all we need for Bob come to Brazil and be a pastor of Sampa. We really thank you. Really appreciate all have you been blessed our church Sampa with Bob and Martha's comes to Brazil. Thank you so much for your prayers and everything you have done for Sampa so far. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Thank you. 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 Thank I mean, I think you probably figured out, I probably should have told you that Muito Obrigado was thank you very much, but I think you figured that out. Um, and then one thing, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I just wanted you to laugh with me. Um, so the one dude with the beard, uh, with the red shirt, if there was such a thing as a Brazilian Nacho Libre, it would be him. <laughs> like, he's hilarious. Like, he's really, really funny. He's hilarious. And so I, every time I see him, I think it's just, it's really funny. Um, So a couple of things just from like a pure logistical standpoint that I want to make sure that everybody knows. There's a couple of websites that you can go to uh, that will help you follow along with what we're doing and stuff. Um, so reachsample.com is a website that we have. It has just some general information on there about like the city and where we're going and what we're doing. Um, one of the things that you can do on that website, if so... Two weeks ago, Monday, I sent out a newsletter update. So if you didn't get that, one of the reasons you didn't get it was because um, you didn't ask to get it. <laughs> um, so you can go to resample.com and you can click contact or there's another place on there as well. And you can just put in your name and your email and then you'll get email updates when that comes along. Um, the next one is a tad bit self-serving, but it, it's okay. I'm okay with that, I guess. Um, Uh, Sample Bob on Instagram is just pictures of the city that I take as I walk around the city. Um, and so you can check that out. Um, then the Facebook page, Reach Sampa, has most of the same information as the website. It's just a different place for you to get it if you wanted to check that. And at some point, right now it's public. At some point that website will actually become private so that we can share some stuff about that that we don't want everybody to see necessarily. Um, but right now it's public, so you can find it. And then if you're on Snapchat, one of the things I do is just post updates on there as well. So uh, there's a bunch of different ways that you can get information that you can check that out. So in the beginning um, of the well, Tori and I did a similar thing, like we raised our own support. And so you heard people talking about uh, thank you to the well. So what the well has done, so after a while, Tori and I both became salary at the well, and we didn't raise money from outside places. And so one of the reasons why they wanted to say thank you, because I, I'm sure you probably realized it, but essentially what happened is the well has paid me to be gone half the time for the past six months. Um, and so that's a huge blessing to be able, because now we have some relationships and some things already established before we technically move. And so it was a big deal for the well to be able to pay us to be gone. Um, and so that was super, so that's one of the reasons why they wanted to say thank you. The other thing is, so now I've gone, I'm going from 
raising support to being paid to now raising support again. So Tori mentioned like the, the well as a church is giving us uh, some financial support to go. And then there are some individuals that are also personally um, choosing to support us as well. And if you want more, we still need to wrap up a little piece of that. So if you're interested in that, you can find out about that on Resample or you can just ask me questions about it um, and we can point you in the right direction to, to do that if that's something that you desire to do. Um, and then also, before you leave today, we don't probably, I don't think we quite have enough for everyone, but if you want a coin from Brazil, um, we're passing those out so that people can put it somewhere and it hopefully will remind you to pray about Brazil. Um, it's not really worth anything, so it's like you can't really do anything with it, um, but it will hopefully remind you of some different stuff uh, if you see that. So find me or find Martha afterwards, and you can, uh, and you can do that as well to keep that just to remember. Um, there's a couple key people. I, this is always dangerous because somebody always gets their feelings hurt, and so let me just say thank you to everyone up front, and then so hopefully so nobody will get their feelings hurt. But there's a couple key people that I just wanted to highlight quickly, uh, Michael and Coloma, they moved to Austin, and now I'm leaving. I asked them to move here, and they did. Now I'm asking them to move to Brazil, and they said no. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. And then. Paul and Linda and Ryan and Rebecca, they're taking over the leadership of our small group, so that's pretty cool. So thank you to them to do that. At this pace, we'll never get finished. <laughs> My kids. That'll sound good on the audio. <laughs> My kids have been uh, involved in church planting since 1999. Most of the time, they're the first one. They're the first ones to show up, and they're the last ones to leave. The only time they ever complained was in the morning when you try to get them out of bed, but they do that every day anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> On any given Sunday at the well, there could be 16 different nations. And there was a period of time, like several weeks in a row, where somebody would get up to read the scripture and they would read it in their language. Um, and it was several weeks in a row, I remember we had several different people reading in several different languages. And, and I wish I could remember who said this, because at the time it was really funny. If it was a guest, if it was their first time, they probably thought, why are they laughing at this? But somebody got up and they said, today I'm reading whatever, whatever, and I'll be reading in English. And, and everybody started laughing. And, and so if it was their first time, so it was, if it was a guest's first time, they probably thought, why are people laughing? Because they're reading in English. Um, but that's one of the things that we love about the well is the diversity. And so, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's 16 nations today necessarily, but there's a good chance that today you're sitting next to someone from a different country. Uh, so that's, 
and in part, if you wanted somebody to blame, in part, we blame you uh, for causing us to move to Brazil uh, because we love it so much. And so, so if you want somebody to blame, blame the people who are from other countries. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. It was a joke. <clears throat> um, but, but that's part of it that's kind of cool. And then there's a couple of other things that are just really interesting as, as the church has kind of progressed and, and moved on. I remember that there was a day when there was only one person who actually had a truck that could pull the trailer. It was just one. And he had to do it every week because nobody else had a truck. And now there's three people, uh, which also means that we're more diverse because we have more truck. I know this sounds weird, but we have more truck people. Um, that's a different category, <laughs> Right? Uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's a different category. So that's diversity in and of itself. Um, and then we've had to order chairs several different times because we just didn't have enough chairs. And so it's interesting to see the progression of the church. And so now you get the chance. And, and if you're using version, I wrote you a little note on there. But it's you get the chance to do something not only in Austin, but now you get the chance to do something in Brazil. So whether you ever go to Brazil or not, you're doing something in Brazil. You are. And so that's super cool that you're doing that. And so we just wanted to say thank you. It's a big deal. Uh, and we just wanted to say thanks because we think that it's super cool. We're in the process of working on a trip. So if you want to come and... Um, there's a couple of different things. We don't know exactly what it'll look like or when it is, will be for sure, but you know, we're working on some cool stuff for you to come hang out. And so if you want to know more, uh, I could talk about it all day, but I want to move on because I want to talk about some other stuff. But ask me later or ask Martha later because we love to talk about it because we think it's fun. And so we'll talk until you walk away. Uh, and so, uh, so if ask questions just because we like it, it's, it's pretty fun. There are some similarities to Sao Paulo and Austin. Um, there's lots of differences, but there are some similarities. And I wanted to actually, you know, maybe in the initially it'll seem bizarre, but I wanted to highlight a similarity. Right now, one of the things that's going on in Brazil is many people who, like there's people from all over the world that live in this city, but the people who are from Brazil, they say constantly, well, well this is my interpretation of what they're saying. They say that they've lost hope because their country in it right now is in a bad position, like the economy is bad, they just impeached their president. Um, there's, I'm gonna say protests, but that sounds negative, like it's more like a parade, because it's not really, like nobody's like throwing anything or shooting anything, um, but they're having protests and all this stuff. And so they say that they've lost hope. And so last time when I was there, we talked about what is hope. Um, and today I wanna compare and contrast a similarity that they have sometimes to Austin and specifically sometimes to the people that I know that come to the well. So they say that they have no hope, but sometimes what happens in American culture, it'll make it easier if I just say American culture instead of the people sitting in the room. Sometimes American culture, we have false hope. Like we have lots of hope, but it's not actually the hope that the Bible talks about. And so <clears throat> what I wanted to do was take a little bit of time and talk about that because what happens this happens in our relationships all the time. We have, it wasn't tangled earlier. That's okay. I think I tangled it when I moved them around. Um, we have hope, like this balloon would represent hope, and we attach it to all kinds of things, right? So for some of us, we attach our hope to... Uh, 
technology. I know we have a lot of people that love technology, so we attach our hope to that. Some people have even put their careers on, and so we attach our hope to that. We attach our hope to all kinds of things. And the reality is, like sometimes hope goes, comes down, hope goes up. Like I know it's kind of silly illustration, but stay with me, it'll work, I think. Um, but we attach our hope to all kinds of things, and sometimes we attach it to different relationships because we th- I've heard people say, well, if I, just had, if I just had a wife or a husband, I would be okay. Okay, well, there's nothing wrong with having a wife or a husband, but that's not... Actually, I realized that that's probably a bad place for that one. Um, but having a wife or a husband is... That's, that's not where you should place your hope. And so we have all of these things, and I don't know what else it is for you. I mean, sometimes it's career and it's money or uh, situations or circumstances. And I, I won't do it just because some people get afraid or whatever, but I was going to pop them, but I'm not going to do that now. Um, but another thing that we do sometimes is, in American culture, is we, we put... This is where we put our hope in ourselves because I don't think that's going to hurt too bad. I was going to put it on my face, but um, we put our hope in ourselves because in American culture and American society, that's what you've been taught. It's not your fault necessarily. Like we even have weird sayings that we don't even really know what they mean, but we say them a lot. Like pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Like I don't know exactly what that means, but we say it a lot, right? Um, and then you hear people say it all the time on like singing shows or whatever, but you say it too. Like you can do anything you want as long as you put your mind to it. I mean, that's bogus. I don't know why we say that, but we, but we think that if we just hope enough in ourselves that we'll be okay. Um, and that's really, that's a dangerous place to be. I think that will pop if I get it right there. Um, it's a dangerous place to be when we put our hope in ourselves. And so I want to talk briefly about and I, a better place to put our hope, but if we're careful, if we're not careful, it can actually get distracting. And I'll, let me explain before some of you get, want to, to shoot me or become a riot. <clears throat> Sometimes we, this is a good place to put your hope, okay? I'm not, I don't have nothing wrong with putting our hope in Scripture. I think it's a good place. Um, and I want to talk about this a little bit because it also can be a bad place in that, not that the Bible's bad, but that you don't understand exactly what you're doing. And I wanted to talk through that a little bit because there's actually three different kinds of hope. The first kind of hope is wishful hope. Wishful hope is like optimism. And there's not, I'm probably one of the biggest optimists that you'll ever meet. So I'm not opposed to optimism. I don't think that it's bad. But optimism is not hope, okay? Optimism, there's no, there's no effort involved. It's just you think, like you don't really have control over it. You're just thinking in a positive way. And the best way that I can think about this to give you an example would be you want to grow a garden, but you never go and plant any seeds or you never pull the weeds or anything. And you say, I hope that I have tomatoes, right? That's wishful hoping. That's being super optimistic. You're not going to have any tomatoes because you didn't do anything, right? Like you just hoped. You're, you're an optimist. So, so that's the first kind of hope. The second kind of hope is expectant hope. And this is, this is good hope. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Expectant hope is like this. I planted some seeds in the ground. Therefore, I expect 
to have some tomatoes at some point, right? You see what I'm saying? So you have an expectant hope because you did something, then there should be a result, okay? So there's nothing wrong with expectant hope, like you're doing good things and it's positive. But the, but the next kind of hope that I want to talk about that I want to make sure that we understand is completely different than these other two is, is certain hope. And, or you could even substitute God hope in there because this is completely different, Certain hope and God hope, it has nothing to do with those other two kinds of hope. But what happens is we get confused about what hope really is, and we put our hope in different places. Sometimes we even put our hope in good things, but we don't actually put our hope in God. Okay, and I want to talk about that quickly. We don't have time to do everything that I want to do, but Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, what's happening here is... the reference is about Abraham, and we don't have time to go into the whole story about Abraham, but go look it up. God promises him something, and it takes a really, really long time for it to happen, okay? Um, and at some point, he probably started losing hope, okay? Not losing hope that it would never happen, but he just like, God, you told me this, so why, why is it taking so long? Okay, um, And so the reference here, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says, We have this as a, as a sure and steadfast anchor of our soul, this being hope. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. It says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor, hope. Now, I have a picture of an anchor, actually. Um, it's a gigantic anchor, and you can see how big it is because there's a kid sitting there. Um, Anchors serve two purposes. An anchor serves to put it down uh, and attach it to the bottom of the ocean so that you don't drift. But it also does something else. An anchor can be lowered in the midst of a storm to keep the boat from rocking as much. And so what this is talking about here is that if you understand what certain hope, if you understand what God hope is, it can help you do those two things. It can keep you from drifting in your life But it can also keep the boat from rocking as much when you go through a difficult time. And so that's why understanding that that certain hope is really important because if you just have wishful hope, it's not going to keep you from drifting or keep you steady. If you just have expectant hope, it's not going to keep you from drifting or keeping you steady. So it's important that you understand that there's a difference between those three different kinds of hope. Um, Romans chapter chapter 15 verse 13 says this, May the God of hope, which... We could even really just stop right there because that should let us know that what the Bible's referring to as hope is something that's completely different than what we usually think about hope being because it's the God of hope. It's a different kind of hope. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. What we should take away from this is It's very clear that it's not you that produces hope. It's not the things that you hope for that make you hopeful. It's God through the Holy Spirit that can produce God hope in you that is so much different than any optimism or any hope that you might have personally. It's different. It's hope that comes from God and you can't produce it. It comes from him. But it's also interesting because I think that there's a partnership that happens. And here's the, here's the big thing that I want to challenge you on a little bit today is this. There's a difference between information and transformation. 
and what happens in American culture and what happens specifically in church American culture is we know that this information is good and so we just get super involved in it but we forget that the purpose of the information is actually transformation. And the transformation piece is such an important thing. It doesn't matter I'm not saying that you shouldn't know these things, but I don't care how many theological terms you know. If those theological terms aren't transforming in your life, then you're just an encyclopedia. Like, this doesn't do anything for you. So just because you, and this is my point, just because you place your hope in Scripture, you actually could not be having God hope. You could be producing something on your own that doesn't come from God. And so there's a difference, and I want you to understand that God hope comes in a supernatural way, and therefore it lasts in times when other hope will fade away. That's why in Brazilian culture and in American culture, we have a hope problem. They've just lost hope. Our hope is simply misguided. And so I want to challenge you and warn you that don't just pursue something for information's sake. I'm all for learning, and I think we should continually be learning. Learning is important. But if it's simply so that you can sit around a table and argue over some sort of theological position that you developed because you read a blog, it doesn't matter. What matters is, do you have supernatural hope that is transforming the way that you live your life? In American culture, it's difficult because your whole life somebody's told you that you're smarter than everyone else, that you're faster than everyone else, that you're better looking than everyone else, that you're better at something than everyone else. Somebody's told you that. And I hate to be the one to tell you this, but it's not true. It's not. It doesn't mean that you can't accomplish great things, and it doesn't mean that you can't go to American Idol. Well, actually, it does because it doesn't exist anymore. But <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't do great things, but the problem is sometimes you believe more in yourself than you do in God. And that's a dangerous place to be. And so my friends in Brazil have lost hope and I'm trying to help them figure out how that they can place their hope in God and not in the government or not in money or not in a job, though all of those things are probably important. But my friends here at the well, I want to tell you, make sure not to place your hope in yourself because you will always fail. And don't place your hope in simple knowledge or information what you should be seeking is transformation. It would be like this. This is the best way that I can think of this. I don't know what you would think is the best car, so I'll just think of an expensive one, whether you think it's best or not. Let's just say that you have a Ferrari. Can I say Ferrari? Did you say Ferrari? Okay, all right. Let's just say that you have a Ferrari, okay? It's beautiful. I'm gonna assume that it's red because it probably should be red if it's a Ferrari, and it's beautiful. Like, it smells good, it looks good, it's beautiful. But you never actually put any gas into the Ferrari, right? Like, you can get it somewhere every once in a while because you, like maybe, like, you can push it a little bit and then you hop in and steer for a little bit and then you push it and you hop in and you steer for a little bit. But most of the time, you're just sitting there. Look, I, I, granted, you would look super cool, 
but you're not actually going anywhere. What if you had a Ferrari and it had lots of gas, but you ever never actually started it? Like you just sat there. Like there's a lot of things that would need to take place in order for this Ferrari to become functional and actually get you a date or whatever the case may be. Like you, like you got to do, like there's some interaction that you have to have. You, you have to A, put gas in it, and B, you actually have to start it, okay? There's this interesting interaction that happens between you and God. Information is great, okay? But there's this, if you don't ever allow the information to start transforming your life, it's like sitting in a Ferrari not going anywhere. You're just sitting still. And so I want to briefly talk about what does it look like for you and I to actually go somewhere? What does it look like for us to pursue transformation, not information? Interesting verse. Because another thing that we're really good at in American culture that they're not good at in Brazilian culture is checklists. Like we're really, well, some of us are better than others, but um, some of us are super good at checklists. Like we make these lists and we're like, okay, I did this, check, I did this, check. They're not so good at that. That's not part of Brazilian culture. Making a checklist is not normal for them, okay? (laughs) Yeah, there's a few people that like that. Um, Like it's just not normal. And so for us in the church world, we like to make checklists, right? Because I, I read my Bible, check. I prayed, check. Like, and that's not a, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing necessarily, but we need to be pursuing God, not checklists. Look what it says. It's super interesting because it starts off sounding like a checklist. First Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, and it sounds like a spiritual checklist. Look what it says. Rejoice always, check. Pray continually, check. Give thanks in all circumstances, check. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Like it's starting off like it sounds like a checklist, right? Do not quench the spirit, check. (laughs) Like do not treat prophecies with contempt, check. But test them all, check. Hold on to what is good, check. Reject every kind of evil, check. Like it sounds like it's a pretty good check. Like those are good things. But look what it starts saying after that. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then don't miss verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Yes, it's a partnership. Like yes, there are some there is some effort that is involved on your part. Like you can't just, I wish it would work this way, but you can't just like sit on the Bible and it like comes into your body. It doesn't work that way. Like there's some effort that you have to put forth. But when you enter into this partnership and you realize that it's a supernatural thing and you partner with God, he will transform your life. But he does it. So how do you evaluate whether you're being transformed or whether you're just getting information? Like, that, that should be a good question, right? Like, how do you know? I know some things, but is it transforming my life? Can I give you a quiz, not a quiz, a challenge? If you'll do this, I think that you'll start to discover whether, whether he's transforming your life or what other areas need to be transformed. I want to challenge you to do something for one week. And it's, it doesn't add a whole lot to your day. You're going to pray something in the morning and you're going to pray it at night. I have the morning. I think I have them separate. In the morning, what I want you to do is I want you to just be still. And for, 
I don't know, 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes, whatever feels good. I want you to breathe in and say Abba or Father. And I want you to breathe out and I want you to say I'm yours. Like, okay, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This is not magic, okay? It's not like you do these formulas equals transformation. Not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a tool for you to start evaluating. So you breathe in, Abba. You exhale, I belong to you, I'm yours. And then I want you to start asking these questions. Where will I be tempted to resist God today? My guess is you actually already know the answer. And then I want you to ask the question, but how can I work with God today? So it only take you a few minutes. I mean, you, it doesn't matter if it takes you an hour to do this or five minutes to do this. The goal is not the time. The goal is to walk through that. Then what I want you to do at the evening is to reevaluate this. Start the process in the same way. Be still. Breathe in. Abba. Exhale. Say, I belong to you. And just be aware that God is with you. And then what I want you to ask is, where did I resist God today? Because maybe it was a way that you didn't even think about. Like you thought of some stuff in the morning, but now as you think back on your day, you realize, hmm, that was one place where I resisted God today. And then I want you to talk, think about where did I actually work with God today? That's transformation. When you start to see, I used to be like this, now I'm like this. He's actually transforming my life because of the things that I'm learning from Scripture, from the things that I'm learning from prayer, from the things that I'm learning from the people that I'm being discipled. I'm starting to change, and I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing it. And then I want to leave you with one last thing. If I had to think back over the past year, what's the most challenging thing for me personally, like from a spiritual level, it was this. Do I find God more useful or do I find God more beautiful? And most of the time, I find God more, be- more useful because I'm just presenting him with a big list of things that I want him to do for me. I'm treating God more like a butler than I am God. And this is where that came from, this one particular verse. Maybe you even want to like write it down and stick it in your car or whatever. But this is what the verse says, Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, just one, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. It's just the one thing, that's it. That's all I ask. Can I please find God more beautiful than useful? And I think that if you can live each day with that being your attitude or your thought process, you will find transformation because he will begin to transform your life. And I didn't today really talk a whole lot necessarily about the church, I talked more about you as individuals because that's what the church is. Like I could talk a lot about a lot of things about, hey, this, this is going to be great. The church is doing this. But the church is the individuals. And if you're pursuing God because he's beautiful, not just useful, if you're pursuing God because of transformation, not information, the church stuff will sort of take care of itself. 
I'm not saying that there won't be effort. I'm not saying that you won't have to strategize and do things because you should do that. But when you start to seek God for who he is and not what, just what he can do for you, it transforms your life. It will also transform the lives of the people around you. Okay? Let me pray. God, I thank you for today. Uh, for a chance to be with friends and family and talk about, hopefully talk about your greatness for who you are, not just what you can do. Though you've done many great things and for sending your son Jesus, we say thank you. And God, today I pray that Maybe if there is someone here that they've attached their hope to the wrong thing, I pray that you would convict them. I pray that you would help them to see that you are worthy of placing our hope in. And I pray that we would repent from putting our hope in ourselves, in our talents in the things that we do well. And I pray that we would put our hope in you. God, help us to seek your beauty, not just your usefulness. Though you are incredibly useful because you are God. God, we ask that you would transform us and that we would be more than just uh, able to win the Trivial Pursuit Bible edition because of what we know, but we would be transformed because of who you are. In your righteous holy name we pray, amen.